I'm loving this two-week series on faith and fully persuaded. You know, faith is really the foundation of our Christianity because we believe in a God we can't see. That in itself is faith. We believe that he is a God that created the, the earth, even though we weren't there. We believe that the word of God is the breathed word from him. And that is faith. Faith is the foundation of our Christianity. We believe that he exists, that he will do what he says he will do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I love the childlike faith that uh, some people can have, some children can have. It's like, how old is God? Well, who made God? That's that childlike faith that we just have to go. We don't know the answers, but we believe that God is real. And that's part of us as a Christianity. I believe that God loves us. And this is the thing about faith, is believing in the promises of God that are in the Word of God, and that He wants to give us abundant life. Because, you know, we can sort of live in a place where we are right now, and whatever circumstance you're in, you go, is it always going to be like this? Oh, maybe that's my lot in life. Oh, maybe that's just God testing my character, and I'm going to be tested for the rest of my life. God wants to bless you. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life in abundance. Are you experiencing abundance in every area of your life right now? Probably not. Okay, because we're all in this journey of faith. So God loves us enough to say, okay, I can take you out of that place of sickness. I can take you out of that place of lack. I can take you out of that place of anxiety because I want more for you. And this is Jesus uh, growing us in our faith because the Bible says, beloved, that you would prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So the Bible is full of promises that just lift our eyes to be oh, it can be different. Oh, there can be enlargement in, in my life. There can be breakthrough. That's because he loves us and he wants us to be overcomers. John talked about last week and he set the tone of the whole uh, faith series on, on the different types of faith levels that we can have because we're all growing in faith, aren't we? You can have the absence of faith. That's no faith at all. You can have little faith, which is not great. You can have the gift of faith, or what we're really going for is strong faith. Strong faith, because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So he wants us to believe not just in him, but in the promises in the word of God. And that is strong faith. Uh, some of us, and like I said, John has the gift of faith. And that's awesome can be a little irritating at times, uh, let's be honest. Oh my goodness, if you <laughs> talk to someone, they go, uh, you know, this is the problem, this is the problem, they go, oh, that's not good. But on the other hand, this could happen, or, you know, that could be the outcome, or, you know, uh, for me, uh, pretty much a lot of our conversations, you know, if I'm sharing a problem, uh, he will turn it into, on the upside, uh, this and this and this could happen, and it would work out really great, and it's like, Oh, can you just let me wallow in it for a moment? Uh, a couple of years ago, our whole entire floor flooded because the bath overflowed. And oh, it was a disaster. Uh, and so we're going to have to get the whole floor ripped up, everything, you know, move out of the floor of the house and just be quite interrupted. John, 
on the upside, we get a whole new floor. This is going to be amazing. We'll get that room repainted. It's excellent. It's like, okay, I guess that's kind of good. It becomes less grating over time. But there's people in our world that have the gift of faith, and it's good for us, and it actually stretches me and grows me. We need to grow in our faith. You know, it's not problems that attract God. It's faith. Our faith attracts God. He listens to us. He hears us. Fully persuaded, being fully persuaded in the promise of God that what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. Knowing that it's just a matter of timing. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And there's things in my life I think, I know they're going to happen. I don't know when. And any time soon would be great. But I'm fully persuaded that it is going to happen because God said it's going to happen. So I want to talk tonight about amazing woman of faith in the Bible. And her name is Esther. It's in the Old Testament, and she's an incredible woman of faith. And I would encourage you to read this uh, book of the Bible because it's just inspirational. I want to give you a bit of an overview of Esther, who she is, and the times that she was living in, just to put it into perspective. So Esther was a Jew. The Jews were exiled out of Israel, out of Jerusalem, and they were hated. They were living in Susa, a place called Susa. It's now called Iran. And the king at the time was King Xerxes, and he was ruling. 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. So a massive, um, I don't know if you know your geography, but a massive uh, part of the world that he was ruling over it. Esther herself, she was an orphan. She was a Jew. She was a woman. This is not a privileged position in the place where she was living. She was a woman, a Jew. She's a minority, and she was an orphan. Uh, so she was living there with a lot of Jews were around. Mordecai is another key part of this uh, book of the Bible. It was her cousin, and he essentially raised her because her parents had died. She was an orphan. His family had been exiled from Babylon. King Xerxes, he had a bit of an anger management issue and uh, he got rid of his wife because he wasn't happy that she made one uh, wrong decision and it, it ticked him off. So he's looking for a new wife. Esther found herself in the palace and uh, the scripture said in Esther 2.15, she obtained favour in the sight of all who saw her. So even if she was a minority, if she, even if uh, there was a lot of things against her, she, essentially she becomes queen and he chooses her to become queen. So I'm just putting this in context because this story of how she rises in a moment of a huge moment of faith uh, will all make sense. Uh, Mordecai, her cousin, he discovers a plot by the king's trusted advisor that all the Jews are going to be annihilated. The king's just sort of said, yeah, okay, fine, let's just wipe out that race of people because uh, they're annoying, whatever. Uh, the, the date is set for their annihilation. No one knew that Esther was a Jew. She, so essentially she's going to be killed. Mordecai is going to be killed as well. So the king didn't know at the time. He's just issued an edict that's essentially going to kill his wife. Uh, so uh, the story goes on that if she approaches if she approaches the king, he's kind of like this old school thing that um, you can only come to him if you're invited. So if she wants to go to him, she risks death. Because if he doesn't like the fact that you've come, when I haven't invited you, I will wipe you out. Okay, is that sort of rule okay? So for, for us, you know, uh, a lot of times when we're on a faith journey, it becomes about because there's a problem. 
there's a point of tension in our life. There's a health issue. There's a financial issue. There's a relationship issue. There's an area of need. And it pushes us to go, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to pray and believe God that he's going to shift something in our life? Or are we just going to say, oh, okay, I mean, this was a life and death situation for her. Will I just accept it and we're annihilated off the face of the earth? Or am I going to do something about it? So for us in our life, maybe it's not a crisis. Maybe there's a dream that you have. Maybe there's a promise from God. Maybe he wants you to have a baby and it's being problematic for you. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety and you're like, God said, you're going to be free of this affliction. So I wanted to look at three things tonight that we can do when we're on on a faith journey. See, it's great to have a faith project in our life because this is a thing that we go, okay, that's my faith project right now. And even as I'm talking, I know God's going to be speaking to some people and go, that's your faith project. Maybe it's really obvious to you and you're like, yep, that's the thing. I'm going after it. I'm in prayer. I'm strong in faith. Faith leaks. Okay, so we often need to encourage ourselves. And what else can we do to stay in a place of faith? Okay, you ready for this? Three things that we can do on this journey of faith. The first one is get a word of faith. Get a word of faith. It might come out of the Bible. It might come from somebody else. But it's something that's going to be your rock that you can stand on. In Esther chapter 4 verse 12. Okay, this is Mordecai speaking to her. He knows the situation that she's in right now. And he's really wanting to encourage her. He says, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And this is what the book of Esther is known about. Maybe you were born for such a time as this. Maybe you're in leadership for such a time as this. Maybe God has appointed you for such a time as this. And I'll tell you what that did for Esther. When Mordecai spoke those words, it put a spirit of faith in her. And she's like, maybe he did put me here for such a time as this. And she felt that spirit spark in her. She's like, I can do it. I can risk my life. I can step out and go in faith because this is my calling. This is my appointment. And we need to get that word of faith in our heart, in our spirit to spark something in us because it's, it's not just good words and mantras and positive statements and affirmations. It's a word from God and it's got faith on it and it's sparks something in us. You can get that from a person. You can get that from the Word of God. You know, when I had young little kids and I had two boys and I was really praying and believing for a baby girl and it was my heart's desire. And I was like, God, I would love to have a baby girl. And I prayed, well, you know, first I was, I was scared to even uh, articulate it. Because I thought, if I do and it doesn't happen, I'm going to be so disappointed, so embarrassed. I don't want to put it out there in the case of risking it. Anyway, we had a, in the early days of this church, we had a Women Dreaming Day. And it was with Pastor Chris Pringle. And she said, write your dreams down. We're going to pray for them. And I wrote down, it was such a bold move for me. It really was a big step to write down, I dreamed to have a baby girl. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got prayed for. I was like, that was a little seed of faith that started in my heart. A year later, uh, she came back to the church and 
We were, uh, I think John was referring to the last time she'd been to the church and the women's day that we had and a dreaming. And I leant over to her and I said, I wrote down to have a baby girl. And she looked at me and she said, oh, well, it will happen then. In that moment, I just felt that spark of faith. I was like, really? Well, oh my gosh, it was like God himself. He spoke to me and it was like, oh, I'm so encouraged by that. It was a huge moment of faith being imparted into my spirit. Our words have power. So it can come from someone around you. For Esther, it was Mordecai. And he said, oh, you were born for such a time as this. In that moment, and you know, within a year, there I was holding my baby girl in my arms. It was a journey of faith for me. But first, you've got to get a word of faith, something that you can stand on, something that you can believe on, something that you can be encouraged by. It can be a prophecy. It can be from the word of God as you're reading. It can be as someone preaches and they may be speak a word or it might be a scripture out of the Bible. And it's like, that's for me. That's for right now. That's for my situation. That's for my circumstance. We call it a rhema word of God because it's living, it's breathing, it brings something to life for you. So ask God for a word. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is all connected to the word of God and the power of the scripture and the promise that he has for you. Ask him, if you don't have a scripture as part of your faith project, ask him, Lord, give me a scripture. Give me a word. Let someone speak it to me. And this is what happens in small groups. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. And people give you scriptures and they, it's like, that's the one. Maybe you've already got it and you've already journaled it. You didn't realize, oh, that's my alive word. That's my rhema word. Go back through your journals and Go, what is it, Lord? Speak to me. Bring it alive to me. Pastor Phil, the, uh, I talked about Pastor Chris Pringle. Pastor Phil, her husband, he wrote a book on faith. He started the C3 movement in 1980 with just a seed of faith, and he has grown incredibly. When I hear him preach on faith, it is the most anointed, loaded messages you ever hear on faith. He's written a book on faith, and you, we can, we can, uh, you can purchase it here. We've got a number of copies. Have we got that screen? Is it going up? Yeah, it's behind me. Oh, there it is. From the service desk, I think we've got 17 to go. 17? 13, 13. We got 75 copies, guys. You need to get your hands on this because this is the sort of thing that feeds your faith. As you read it, you're like learning. I'm using this muscle of faith. I'm exercising it. I'm growing in it and enlarging it. So that's the first thing, right? Get a word of faith to stand on it, to declare it. Once you've got it, you're going to pray it. You're going to declare it. You're going to speak it out. You're going to talk about it and say, that is my word of faith. Amen. Okay, the second thing. Number two, the power of prayer and fasting. Ah, oh, this is a key for Esther. Esther 4 verse 16. She says, now Esther's speaking, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. She knew she was coming to the moment of truth where she's going to approach the throne and it was life or death for her. Imagine being in that situation. You want everyone praying for you. You want fasting. You want the power of God. You want wisdom. Okay, it says, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. She's not just asking them and she'll just sit back, have a little party. We're all going to fast. And then, though it is against the law, 
She's disobeying the laws of the king here. I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Imagine that. What a moment where your faith is tested. She calls to others to pray and fast. She she knew she needed to be close to God. She knew that she needed the supernatural power of God on her life. She knew that she wanted to get that conviction that God is going to be with you. He's going to go before you. He's going to make a way to get that conviction that faith gives you, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you are fully persuaded. It's going to be okay. You're going to walk in there and things are going to turn out for good. Not only are you not going to get killed, I'm jumping ahead of myself in the story here, but the Jews, your people are going to be saved from certain death. So she stirred up her faith and said, okay, we're going to go to a prayer and fast. Because, you know, the, the other side of faith is unbelief. Unbelief can crush you, it can cripple you, it can just oh, put such an opposition on you, just a heaviness on you. Unbelief, it's like, oh, I don't think so. I don't know that it's going to work. Fasting can obliterate unbelief out of your life. Fasting is powerful. Next week, we have a church-wide prayer and fast, guys, and I'm excited for it. I know we're not normally excited about prayer and fasting, but I know the good that it can do. We're going to go hardcore because we want to just, hey, we're just going to put aside all of our fleshly desires, okay, and we're encouraging our church to be part of this. It's like a call to you. We're going to fast. All together, we're going to go to fasting because we believe that fasting breaks the chains. As we pray and fast, the devil is like crushed under our feet and things happen in us and things happen in our circumstance. So here's the dates, guys. March 4 to 13, Monday, next Monday. So start thinking about, uh, I, I would recommend weaning off certain foods because if you go hardcore detox on the Monday, it's not nice. But my husband, he's like, go all for it, go all out right till Sunday night and then cold turkey. Okay, whatever, whatever. You do you, I would recommend weaning off. Uh, Ten days of hardcore prayer and fast. Okay, this is a resource that I would encourage you to just get that QR code right now of what fasting is and how you can do it. We're encouraging a Daniel fast. This is out of another book of the Bible. Daniel was an amazing man of faith as well. Daniel fast is basically fruit, veggies, nuts. That's about it. Uh, It's really reducing a lot of the good things (laughs) in our life that we would normally eat and drink and just go, okay, I'm going to set myself for 10 days and I'm I'm just going to lean into the discomfort because it is, it's tiring, it is detoxing. Uh, There's a few days at the start where it's it's not enjoyable, but we uh, are going to push through that and get through the 10 days. So what we're going to do on the Tuesday night is have a night of prayer and worship. Now, this is awesome to do when you're fasting because you feel like you're going to die, but why don't we head to church? (laughs) I know it's not very encouraging, is it? But it's like, okay, you feel like that, but it doesn't happen, okay? Uh, We're going to head to church and we're going to pray together. We're going to worship together. And then you feel like, oh, this is going to be okay. Oh, come on. I can do this. And it actually energizes you. The following Tuesday, we're going to have an hour-long revival prayer. It's going to be an hour of power. So I'd encourage you to just make a commitment. Go, okay, I'm going to set myself aside for 10 days of fasting with the church. I'd encourage you to have a goal for those 10 days. Uh, What it is that you're going to pray for, how much prayer you're going to pray each day. 
And really the goal is to draw close to God. And this was Esther's goal as well. She wants to be in the flow with God so that she makes the right decision. So she's got the courage on her. Have a goal to draw closer to God and really stir up an expectation that there's going to be something miraculous that happens in your life. It's not just a good idea that let's just deprive ourselves and, you know, continue on our merry way. No, we really are pushing into God to see things happen in us and in our church. So come on, stir it up. We're going to pray into the end of of, uh, yeah, yeah, come on. Uh, We're going to pray into Easter time, which is the end of March. And we're going to really pray that uh, this is part of our fast and why we've positioned it in March, that we're wanting to see uh, soul winning over Easter. And that really uh, gets stirred up in our church. So I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah, there's a few getting excited. This is great. Faith is an attitude. It's a spirit that gets on you. It's a feeling of confidence. You know, Esther was looking for answers. She was believing to access the supernatural power of God. And this is why she set herself and all of the Jews to pray and fast together. So the first thing is get a word of faith. The second is to pray and fast. The third is to take a step. Okay, you can't just sit there and just hope for the best, pray for the best. The Bible says, faith without works is dead. Esther prayed. On the third day, she was so full of faith. She's like, okay. She's got the download of wisdom. Mordecai said in Esther 4 verse 8, it says, okay, the, first, the second half of it. He told uh, this uh, assistant of the kings to instruct Esther to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. She could have sat in her, cl- in her prayer closet and said, God, free the Jews. God, free the Jews. God, free the Jews. But no, her step was to go to the king. It was against the law. She could have been killed. She could have just like, oh, I, can- I just pray God will do something. But she had to take a step, a physical step. She had to step out. She had to get courage on her. She get- had to get boldness. It was a risk. And faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's taking a step, even though the circumstances look like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But when you've got God on you, when you've got a spirit of faith on you, you can step into the unknown. You can step into the unfamiliar. You can step into the terrifying and know that God is going to look after you and keep you safe and from harm. Esther was fully persuaded. She went to the king. He has anger issues, remember. It says, anyone who appears without being invited is doomed to die, yet he received her. She had wisdom of God even in taking those steps because she said, would you come to a banquet with me? Wine and dine with me. She didn't say, can you just release the Jews? She had wisdom. We need wisdom in taking our steps. We need others around us to guide us and Help us in our decision. If you're going to take a big step, you need people alongside you to encourage you, to give you some wisdom, to speak and go. Mordecai had said to her, invite the king to a banquet. He comes to the banquet. He says, what do you want? She said, come to another banquet. It was not until after that she said, would you release an edict that the Jews can defend themselves and fight? wasn't even that they just get free. He can't reverse that edict. But she had the wisdom from God. And this is so crucial in a faith journey because it is risky. And we can do some dumb things. And you, you, we're human beings. 
But if you are in that place of fasting and prayer and looking to God and getting wisdom on you and you're taking a step in courage. So the summary of the whole book of Esther is that the king, he, he delivered that uh, verdict that the Jews could put up a fight. Lives were saved. He comes back to Esther. He said, what more do you want me to do? It shall be done for you. She said, I want them to be able to fight again for another day. And the Jews got victory over that time. They were released. It was an amazing outcome for what would have been a a, a terrible situation for all of her people because she stepped out and she listened to God and she got that word from God. It put faith in her spirit. She prayed and she fasted and then she took a step. So I encourage you in your journey. Maybe you're on a faith project right now. Maybe you're even just starting out in your Christian walk with God and it's just little things that you can pray and believe for. You know, where's a good place to start? Just in prayer and go, oh, I get a headache. I'm God, I'm going to pray that you heal me of this headache. It's just a little simple faith prayer. And you start by seeing some little outcomes. Maybe you have a small financial need and you go, God, can you help me in this financial need? I know you're a provider. Your name is Jehovah Jireh. And God comes through for you. This is the start of a faith journey. You can start building it because as you exercise that muscle, you will grow in your faith. Keep using it. Get a conviction on your spirit. Even when you get knocked down, you bounce back up again. Why don't we stand to our feet as we're coming to a close of this message, but I really want to encourage